Albanese slumps in the news poll, as well as the government overreach but also underreach, and Canberra again. We'll talk with these stories and more today on the Australian Conservative. Hello everyone, hope you're doing well today. Uh, today we're going to talk about a lot of uh, different stories uh, about our governments and how great they are. First we're going to look at this one, Labour government to artificially boost ABC and SBS on smart TVs. Uh, Australian smart TVs to be regulated through prominent legislation to make government funded news appear ahead of commercial outlets. Hmm. Wonder why the government would want to have their uh, new stuff in front of everyone else's. Nothing concerning about that. Labor is mounting a draconian push to regulate smart TVs, which will prevent Australians from seeing the most relevant content when they switch on their TV. It's just a little bit strange. It's not like you have to watch stuff, but you're more likely to watch what's like given to you. A battle is brewing between Foxtel and Freeware TV over content shown on smart televisions and a proposed prominent framework for home page titles tiles. The Albanese government has promised to provide better visibility for local streaming apps, but Foxtel claims Australian viewers do not want to be dictated by the government. Foxtel Group CEO Patrick Delaney uh, joined Sky News Australia to discuss Labor's position on the issue and what they propose plan mean for the future of television. It is not right. The government needs to listen to everyday Australians. They own the TV. They're passionate about it and they do not uh, want the government telling them what to watch, Mr Delaney said. All of the people watching that have Foxtel. It really is a takeover of their remote. If you want to go into apps, all the free TV apps would be listed first. Yeah, it's a bit strange as a government. Like, what? what is this... Maybe it makes... I, I don't understand how this would make a difference. Uh, by just bringing up the ABC and SBS before all the other... Uh, the other programs. It, what would they gain out of that? Because most people, they'll just decide, oh, I don't want to watch that. I'll watch something else. I think it's... Like, I... Yeah, like, if... Whatever channel I was watching before, that'll be on the TV. And if I want to watch it, I'll watch it. If I don't, I'll put something else on. I don't really understand how the government thinks that this is actually going to change people's watching habits much. I just, it, it, it could, because people are swayed by some things. But but how many? That, that's the question. So the Free TV Lobby Group, um, they've also been pushing uh, for this. Free TV's expectations for this legislation, how this legislation could work extends as far as people searching for news content through voice-activated TVs, with their submission into the proposed legislation demanding if a regulated device is voice-activated when a customer asks for news. The customer must first be offered the local TV services that provide news content, with priority given to any such local TV services the customer has previously accessed. This means that manufacturers of devices will be required, required, to preference the ABC, SBS, and commercial outlets, including 9 and 7, over other commercial media outlets for news coverage, regardless of popularity or relevance to what the viewer wants to watch. 
it's just one little thing. The government, they're just gonna put their hand over the top. They're gonna, they're gonna do something, and and it's not gonna stop. They're just gonna keep going like this. Like just today, um, Optus, the the whole network has been in shambles. The train networks are, um, they can't run properly. The uh, landline phones, mobile phones, hospitals. They've been grounded because of, of, of the Optus shortage. But, and, and everything, and they were saying on the news, oh, we, do, we, we rely, it's incredible how much we rely on, on this technology uh, compared to years ago when it wouldn't have made much difference. Imagine what if, if this, well, imagine if the government did this. Well, they could. Because the government, they can, if, if you don't agree uh, with what they say, eventually they'll get to the point where they can legislate, we'll just cut off your internet. And, and at some point, it'll be the bank accounts. That'll also go too, that's for sure. They'll definitely do that. They, they did that in Canada during uh, the COVID lockdowns when, uh, when people were protesting. There's no end to uh, the government um, overreach. That is definitely for sure. There's no stopping uh, to this stuff. Is that the way the government works? Like, like when I went to a Christian school, it, it was semi-funded, so they've got incredible buildings now. But the curriculum was corrupted so much because of, um, uh, because of the government funding. Because they say, all right, we'll give you some funding, but you have to put this in the curriculum. This is mandatory. And because of that, I had to leave. I had to go to homeschooling, where they don't at the moment they don't have a a, a um, exact role in it. Where I did Christian homeschooling, and I could do what, almost anything I wanted. That and and I got um, good scores, and and I was at in some places sort of higher in some standard. Um, but but the schools, it, the thing is, like I went to a Christian school, semi private, semi government funded. Even the stuff that was rubbish, they didn't ignore. They they did. They sort of just like tucked it under the rug. They they didn't care that it was rubbish. They didn't even teach it from a a sort of Christian perspective. They didn't say, "Oh, we don't agree with this," uh, but you've got to read it anyway. So they just said, "Read it," and they didn't say anything about a Christian perspective. There was no Christian perspective whatsoever about absolute rubbish. And some people they were propagating it. Uh, stuff that they didn't have to, and that that was a Christian school. Imagine what the public schools are like that are that are the government funds. So uh, yeah, that's that's a Labour government trying to slowly make sure that what you watch is what they want you to watch. Now, I, look, I, I that may make me sound like I'm this conspiracy theorist where the government is going to. Uh, take over things but I don't know how you can trust the government after the past two years that during the COVID 2020 2021 and and forever you can't trust the government uh like like it says in somewhere in the old testament it says uh some people will trust in chariots some in horses but we will trust in the name of the lord our god we, we can't trust in anything material anymore we can't trust in people we should try and think the best of people as far as hard as we can besides the government. 
But, but ultimately, we have to trust God will do all this. So yeah, that's that's Labor Government making sure that they tell you what they want you to watch. And here is another uh, bit of government pushing. The Guardian revealed Home Affairs paying to access controversial tool tracking mobile phone movements. Today it's the TV. Tomorrow it's your phone. Agency, the Home Affairs Agency, has access to locate X since at least 2021. Documents show amid questions about use of data that may contain people's sensitive information. Home Affairs has paid American intelligence company access Locate X, a controversial tool that can track the movement of smartphones. The agency has had access to the product since 2021, according to correspondence between Home Affairs and Babel Street, obtained by Guardian Australia under the Freedom of Information laws. In 2020, the news outlet Protocol repo reported that Babel Street's Locate X allows investigators to draw a digital fence around an area or ad uh, address or area, pinpoint mobile devices that were within that area, and see where else those devices have travelled, going back months. This data is culled from commercially available apps that may collect loca location information to serve ads and mapping services. The company does not acknowledge the existence of the product on its public website, but does promote its use of ad tech telemetry data to locate and track persons of, or groups of interest. Yeah, they just want to... Locate and track persons of groups of interest. That's today. What about tomorrow? Home Affairs acknowledged using Babel Street technology, but would not discuss details about how it is used or which data sources it has access to. That's a little bit strange. So they're willing to finally admit that they're using this tracking technology to track your smartphones, but they're not going to tell you how they're using it, what information they have access to, they're not going to tell you that. Why would they tell you that? Everything is under wraps in, in governments these days. There's no accountability. There's no. There's no watch. There's no action. There's like there's some watchdogs, but they only get stuff when it when it comes to the the huge issues that that like if there was like a few million Australians who are like, "Whoa, this is crazy. We need to do something about it." Then they might come after them. But until this starts to circulate. There's not going to be anything from watchdogs. Um, and, and that's why we have um, so many issues with with um, the Aboriginal uh, cabinet, well, not cabinet, but the people that work with, with the Aborigines in government, they're not doing anything. The money is going to waste, and that's because we hide everything. And and we don't we don't tell people what's actually going on. But if if we actually said uh, like did a, a Senate inquiry, like Jacinda Price asked for, then 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 we would actually know where the money is going. We would a able to say this is not right. Let's get in a different government. They're going to have a try. Uh, but we're not going to see that. Because people trust the government too much. This is a question I can't answer. Is our leftist governments genuinely ignorant of the stupid decisions they make? Or that are they intentionally trying to do something that is going to harm you? That is what I want answered. But I, I don't think I'll know that till heaven. Because there's some people 
they I don't think they they know and I think there's some people like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do this. Because for some people it's just about power. Home Affairs spokesman said it was it collects commercially available and publicly available online information where it is necessary to support the departments and Australian Border Forces specific functions and activities and where it is proportionate and in accordance with the law. The department has acquired the minimal amount of Babel Street software that it considers necessary to facilitate the lawful investigation of priority matters. Review of government tenders shows Babel Street has held multiple contracts worth upwards of $5 million with Australian government agencies since 2021, including the Department of Defence and the Australian Signals Directorate, as well as Home Affairs. Again, government overreach. They want to tell you what to watch, and they're going to find out what you're doing to make sure that, that you're um, doing what they want you to do. Look, the way, the way that they put it, they put it... Uh, as if everything is clean and good, but we you don't know. And, and frankly, there's nothing you can do about it. You could go to the mountains and live as a monk if you if you wanted to, and they would still find you. Uh, like, even with that internet and stuff, they would find some way to tax you. Uh, but there's, there's nothing you can, like, you could set up a VPN and, and stuff like that, and that might help you with streaming services. But... In reality, there's nothing we can we can say. Oh, stop tracking tracking my mobile phone, because they'll find a way around it. And, and I don't want you to get the get me wrong. The government isn't this all powerful uh, machine that's gonna destroy you. They might try, but but ultimately they're not all powerful. God is the one who is all powerful. Um. And he's going to have the final say on, on everything. He's going to make sure that justice is done. But um, until until that happens, we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be careful. And like it says in the Bible, we've got to redeem the times because the, day, the days are evil. Is it that we're living in evil, evil days? Uh, where, where it's where it's it's getting to such a, a horrible point. But we've got to redeem our time. And, and, and these stories, I'm telling you that, uh, like, the government, they're doing bad stuff. Uh, they, they, they're coming for you, which, which they are, whether we realize it or not. Um, but ultimately, I want you not to look at what the government is, is doing uh, as a, oh, no, they're going to get me. But rather... Oh, look what the government is doing. Thank God that he is so much greater than, than the government. Because we, we, we're not defeated by governments. The God's kingdom is not of this world. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And, and like the governments of our day, they're run by uh, evil people, but also spiritual uh, dominions and forces. Um... But ultimately, we know that God is going to, he's going to win. And we can trust that, um, that what he does is going to be, it's going to be good. And he's going to work it out. And we can trust him. That's, that's ultimately what 
I want you to look at because, like, if you watch the news every day, you look at every single story, you got the notifications scrolling through, you're going through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all day, every day, you're going to become like this depressed little pumpkin. Like a little screwed up prune. Because it's it's so depressing if we forget where we're going. If we don't remember our eternal perspective as Christians, this is going to mean nothing. Uh, I mean, as in like, we're, we're going to be doing nothing. We're going to be depressed. We're going to try and get in a basement and, and, and just sit there and die off, I guess. But... But we need to we need to remember that God is ultimately in control. We can trust Him, that He's working out everything for our good, even though it doesn't look like it. But yeah. anyway, that is uh, the Labor government once again uh, artificially boosting, wanting to artificially boost ABC and SBS on your TVs to tell you what you should watch, and also tracking your mobile phone uh, movements, which is not. They want to do it, but they actually are doing it. So. Alright, now we're going to talk about Victoria's new public drunkenness uh, drunkenness laws because they've decriminalised it now. We're going to, I'm going to look at two news bits of it. And they're both, they're not the same day. One is, I think it's the day of. Uh, it was about to be decriminalized where it's supposed to come into effect and then the day after it comes into effect uh, let's have a look only one of the state's 10 proposed sobering up centers will service the entire population the rest will be exclusively for aboriginal victorians a fact the state government never disclosed just over 48 hours out and the state government says it's ready for the controversial public drunkenness reform. I think it's important to note that all health services provide support to all Victorians. But it's been revealed nine of the state's ten new centres dedicated to help intoxicated people sober up in a safe space will only be available to Aboriginal Victorians. They've clearly got no way of dealing with 99% of, of Victoria's population that need this service. There will be a number across the state of uh, Aboriginal-led uh, health service providers providing support to Indigenous Victorians. We have no problem with the fact that they'll be available for Indigenous Australians. Of course they should be. But we're concerned that others who may need access to services won't be able to access them. One Indigenous-run centre will operate in St Kilda from Cup Day. Eight other Aboriginal-specific services will eventually open across regional Victoria from the state's northwest to the east. The state's public drunkenness laws end in just two days, but the Premier has confirmed Victoria's only permanent sobering up facility available to all Victorians won't be ready until the end of the month. They're saying the adults are in charge, but I'd say it's more like an episode of Utopia at this point. It's absolutely absurd. Up to 10 outreach teams will be on hand for call-outs across Melbourne from Tuesday. A six-bed trial site will also be available in Collingwood. Rochelle Brown, 7 News. The Allen government's new alcohol laws have hit a hurdle on the eve of the rollout. Less than half of their drunk tanks will be ready in time for tomorrow when public drunkenness is decriminalised. 
Co-health teams will hit the road tomorrow, picking up intoxicated Victorians. Ten vans were promised, but on one of the busiest drinking days on the calendar... Tomorrow we'll be having up to four vans supporting the uh, Metropolitan Melbourne service. The Minister is certain it won't be a problem. But I am very confident that we've got the model right. As for when more resources will arrive... Um, there will be... Uh, 10 vans out in the coming weeks. It's the second major delay for the reforms. The Collingwood Sobering Up Centre still isn't ready. A trial centre with less than half the beds will be used instead. There will also be a dedicated Indigenous service in St Kilda and outreach teams in regional areas. We'll be providing a, uh, an outreach response uh, and we all also have a van of our own that will be going out. Areas of high demand between 8pm and 4am Thursday to Sunday will include St Albans, Sunshine, Footscray, Brunswick Street, Fitzroy, Swan Street, Richmond, Noble Park, Springvale, Dandenong, Ringwood, as well as Victoria, Latrobe and Monash Universities. Victoria Police says it will maintain a physical presence here at Flemington tomorrow. However, if drunk racegoers don't pose a risk, officers won't have a role to play. They will, however, move in to arrest anyone who breaks the law. We're saying to the general public is if they see somebody who's intoxicated in public that they're concerned about, they should still contact triple zero. Chanel Vella, 7 News. Yes, I had the days wrong. It was the day before and the day before that of uh, when they were going to uh, when the thing was decriminalized uh dr public drunkenness so so what you saw there the first story was not the day before it was decriminalized but the day before it, the day before where they were finally they've revealed that that a, ma a huge majority uh, only one of, of the uh of the sobering up centers uh would would be uh, for all Australians, all Victorians, but all the rest that would be exclusively for, uh, for Aborigines. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Of course, yeah, that makes lots of sense. Oh, there's such a uh, a a uh, huge population of of Victoria because there's there's so many Aborigines. They re represent a huge amount of 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 our Victorian population. Uh, but out of the more than 5 million people that live in Victoria, according to a 2021 census done by the Australian Bureau of Statistics, 0.7% of Victoria is Aborigine or Torres Strait Islander. Now let's, let's think about it. That's not 70%. That is not 7%. That's not even 1%. That is 0.7% percent of Victoria is Aborigines but all of the sobering up centers except for one are going to be dedicated specifically for Aborigines. How does it make any sense at all? Obviously government they, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing a lot of the time but yeah, I don't understand how that makes any sense whatsoever. Any sense at all. Can someone please explain how that makes any sense? Like demographically, how does it make any sense whatsoever? Um, and then the next video we saw, a majority of the centres aren't ready. A huge amount, and, and the one uh, dedicated for uh, for all the all Victorians, not just these Aborigines, that is zero point seven percent of the population according to twenty twenty one 
Australian Bureau of Statistics on Wikipedia. Um, it's not going to be ready till the end of the month. End of November. We're at the start of November. Today's the 8th I'm recording this. Yeah. So, so the, the story is uh, that people have died in um, in custody uh, while being while uh, being sobered up uh, while trying to sober up and, and so they've said alright we're going to decriminalise it so then they don't have to go through us anymore unless they're doing something unlawful so it's you, there's no there's no law now for drinking in public there's no you have to sort of act like this or you can't do that there's nothing you know and the police, they can't help you anymore. They, they're just going to let you sit there on the road if you don't want any help. How bad is that? And they're saying this is a health-based approach. But again, they, it's not that... Uh, this is like the drug decriminalisation laws in, um, uh, in the ACT, where they've said, uh, we're not, we're not going to drag you through the criminal system, we're just going to give you a fine for having a small amount of drugs. No longer criminal record, just a fine. That's the exact same thing they're doing here. There's no uh, accountability for what uh, what you're doing or your actions for acting in a certain way in public. There's no more of that anymore. Now they're saying, act how you like and uh, yeah, go for it. Have fun. Drink, eat, and be merry. For today, for tomorrow, uh, I can't remember how it goes. It's a good idea to want to send people to sobering up centre, but again, if if you was, if people are drunk in public, they should be criminalised for that because that is a criminal offence. You should not be doing something that is dangerous to your own body plus dangerous to other people. It's it's repulsive. It, it, uh. Drinking should be uh, criminalised, like being drunk in public. I really think they shouldn't have any drink at all, but imagine the outlaw of that. Um, they, you, sh you can't be drunk in public. They should take you to a sobering up centre, you sober up there, and then from there they take you to the police station where they put you in handcuffs and they send you off to the slammer. Well, not the slammer, or I, I don't know, the court. But th that should be a fair way of... of of stamping this out. This is not just, this is, they're saying it's a health-based approach, but it's not completely a health-based approach. They, they don't need a health-based approach per se. It's not a health-based uh, approach to let people live how they like. They need to have a reform-based uh, approach. Reform, healthful, healthful-based uh, approach to, to drunkenness. They should want to reform people out of drinking uh, wrongly. That, that's what they should be doing. But again, they know. So yeah, that, that's that's what's going on down here in Victoria. Uh, once again, the, 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 we saw two examples of government overreach. Now we're seeing two examples of government underreach. Where, uh, you know, people, they're not worried uh, about... Uh, their responsibility. There is no more responsibility anymore.
All right, now we're going to talk about Albanese slumping in the polls. Uh, and supposedly he slipped to his worst position in news polls since 2022 election. Man, what a poor guy. Look at look at his face. Look, oh, look at the poor guy. Uh, let's watch the news report of it uh, first. Venetian Labor has fallen sharply in the first news poll conducted since the voice referendum defeat. Let's go live to Isabel Mullen in Canberra. Izzy, the opposition's approval ratings have gone up too. Yeah, good morning, Eddie. Anthony Albanese has been hit with his worst approval rating since he came to office. According to the latest news poll, supporters fallen below 50% in the contest of who would make a better Prime Minister. Ten points now separating him from opposition leader Peter Dutton. The coalition ahead in the primary vote, 37% to 35%, but on a two-party preferred split of 52 to 48%, Labor would still repeat it its election victory. It has been a difficult time for the government after the defeat of the Indigenous Voice referendum last month. Tanya Plibersbeck spoke to Sunrise a short time ago. Polls jump around, but the Prime Minister is absolutely determined to do what he promised. He promised a referendum, he did it. He promised cheaper childcare, he's delivering. He promised better quality aged care, he's delivering. He promised cheaper medicines, we're doing that. The Prime Minister has also copped criticism for the government's handling of the cost of living crisis with fears there could be another rate rise when the Reserve Bank Board meets tomorrow. Eddie. Thank you, Izzy. And just as she said, there was another rate rise, 0.25 basis points, or 25 basis points, as they call it. Um, but yeah, his, his approval rating, it's going to keep going down because cost of living, it's going up. Uh, Reserve Bank uh he's gonna keep hiking up the, the the cash rate they're gonna keep hiking that i don't know how many times they're gonna keep doing that but it seems that, that the government can't do anything right so people aren't, aren't gonna be happy about that whether whether they bring in the coalition next time or not uh labor they're not gonna they're not gonna have a uh, uh, uh as many seats as they did this time uh, yeah, let's read. The National News Poll conducted October 30 to November, November 3 for a sample of 1,220 people. Gave Labour a 52 to 48% lead over the coalition and a two-point gain for the coalition since the final news poll before the October 14 voice referendum. This is Labour's narrowest lead in news poll since the 22 uh, federal election. Primary votes were 37% coalition, up two percentage points. Uh, Labor 35% down one, Greens 12% steady, One Nation 6% steady, and uh, 10% for all others down one. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese ratings were 52% dissatisfied, up six points, and 42% uh, satisfied, down four, for a net approval of minus 10, down 10 points. This is easily his lowest net approval in news polls since becoming PM. This graph shows the continued decline in Albanese's news poll rating since late 2022. Let's look at that. So July, it's going down. I don't know what all the dots are, but that, that, that's what Albanese's approval looks like at the moment. Uh, yeah. He's not doing too well. Oh, okay, I understand the dots now. 
But oh, I didn't even read any more of that. It's 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 the story there. Albanese is dropping. Look at the stories we talked about. We've seen government overreach. We've seen government underreach. We've seen the cost of living crisis. We've seen the rate rises from the Reserve Bank. What the the voice referendum dividing the country into two? What more do you need to say that his approval rating is going to go down and it's going to keep dropping? Uh, so yeah, that's Albanese dropping in the polls once again. <laughs> Now we're going to look at a story. I just it just came up briefly in the news uh, when I was watching in the morning. Um, J.K. Rowling going after a judge about something to do with pronouns. Uh, watch the story, and then I found a story online, and we'll have a look at that. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling has lashed out at South Australia's move to update gender rules in the state's court. Mitchell Sarovsky is in Adelaide for us. Uh, Mitch, take us through the changes here and what she's had to say about them. Well, good morning, Eddie. The well-known author's slammed new gender rules to govern courts here in South Australia. It means legal practitioners may consider the pronouns of a person and their preferred title. J.K. Rowling has since taken to social media saying, in her words, asking a woman to refer to her male rapist or violent assaulter as she in court is a form of state-sanctioned abuse. Female victims of male violence are further traumatised by being forced to speak a lie. But former Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe has hit back. He says transgender women are women. And to all the people who now feel that their experience of J.K. Rowling's books has been tarnished, I'm deeply sorry for the pain these comments have caused you and Eddie. The state government is yet to respond, but no doubt Rowling's comments will cause quite a bit of anger. Thank you, Mitch. Look at that. Um, good on her for standing up. I don't like Harry Potter, but at least she's saying something. Good, like this this quote again that uh, that they they showed asking a woman to refer to her male rapist or violent assaulter as she in court is a form of state-sanctioned abuse. Female victims of male violence are further traumatized by being forced to speak a lie, and that is what it is. But when when someone is trying to change their gender, that they're 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 speaking a lie and making everyone uh, agree that that is reality is also a lie. That's what it is. What else is it? It's that is really what it is. It's making people tell a lie. Uh, now I found uh, Sky News. Uh, I'm going to sh sh uh, read uh, how it came about. Um, the dispute began when Chief Justice Chris. Koreskis uh, issued a practice note on November 1 laying out the responsibility of legal practitioners when it comes to gender pronouns. The note stated that the use of preferred pronouns was a matter of respect and an important component of ensuring public confidence in the proper administration of justice. Rowling had criticised the new directive, arguing it would lead women to refer to the male rapist as she in court, a situation equated to a form of state-sanctioned abuse where victims are further traumatised by being forced to speak a lie. Uh, criticism led Justice Koraskis to issue a clarification stating that Harry Potter author can misunderstand the protocol. Uh, it doesn't. It does no more allow. It does no more than allow a lawyers and others to inform the court of their preferred gender pronoun, so that the proceedings are conducted respectfully. A victim of crime would never be asked to address an accused person in a way that caused 
the victim distress. Rowling said this, she said, no, such exemption is mentioned in the practice note, which takes the ideological position that the use of preferred gender pronouns is a matter of respect. The natural inference is that a woman would be considered guilty of disrespect if she alone in the courtroom described a male attacker as a man, while all court officials were addressing and describing him as a woman. It says it right there. It's it's not a matter it's not a matter of respect to call someone what they want to be called. It's a matter of respect to call them what is true. That is real respect. That is true respect. These days, respect is is reduced to this, um, to this selfishness. That respect is uh, agreeing with whatever you think is right, even though it may not. If if someone says. Uh, I know, like the Babylon Bee did a video where this guy, he was really chubby and he said, oh, I'm pregnant. The doctor said, you're not pregnant, you're obese. What about if, if this person just was running around in court saying, uh, I'm not fat, I'm uh, I'm not obese, I'm pregnant. Would they, would they cater to that too? It's pronouns today, but what is it tomorrow? They're, they're, they're not, it's, it's almost like when the Pope um, just recently, he, said, uh, we'll bless same-sex marriage, but we won't recognise it as actual marriage. That's... Saying that something is worth blessing, what does that even mean? Like, if it's not... If if you're not saying that it's a marriage, and if you're blessing it, what is... what? Hello? Confusion. And that's what we're seeing here. So, yeah, this is a J.K. Rowling fighting against what culture in Australia. This is the last story for today. The ACT. We're back there again. This is not a sequel movie. This is not a movie. ACT again is not a movie. This is just reality. ACT raises the age of criminal responsibility to 14 with nation first legislation. How smart is that? We're seeing the uh, kids that are really young, now they're even younger than ever before, committing crimes, and now they're not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be uh, criminally responsible anymore. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Now what's going to happen is they're going to join gangs, people are going to get them to do the crimes, they're going to walk out, and it'll just happen over and over again, over and over again. They're going to be grooming more kids to be committing crimes. Children in the ACT under the age of 14 will not be charged, convicted, or incarcerated for criminal offences, except in exceptional cases from mid-2025. The Attorney General, Shane Rattenbury, says the goal is to help young people avoid the justice system and get help. So the current age of responsibility, uh, of criminal responsibility in the ACT years, is 10 years old. Um... Now that's in every jurisdiction except the Northern Territory where it was raised to 12. So ACT, they're, they're getting on the front foot again. They, they're going to go out and be the most craziest people. Like, uh, like last week I did two stories in the ACT. Uh, this week another one. The Voice, they were the only territory uh, or state that, like, like or overall, they were the only one that supported the Voice equivocally, that supported the Voice at all. What is going on there? That, that's well. They need to move Canberra somewhere else. They need to get all the politicians out of there. That's why they're acting crazy all the time. Again, we're, we're seeing this. Um, 
this sadness of, of it's, it's not sadness, this is madness. Now we're saying crime shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't be prosecuted. We're going to be like California soon enough. We're in California. Uh, you, you go online and look for these videos. There's kids just robbing stores. They're doing nothing about it. The police won't do anything about it because it decriminalized the steal. And they said up to and certain shops. They said up to a certain amount. We're not gonna. We're not gonna call the police on you, because uh, you, you might as well. Because you're going to. How stupid, idiotic, repulsive, every single equivocal word you can think of is this? We're going down the tubes. Um. But God is still sovereign. All right. That that sounded that sounded demeaning. I didn't mean demeaning, but. Oh. Because again, uh, like I said before, look looking at these stories where where um, where things are going bad isn't isn't so that we go into more despair, but to say that God is in control and that we need to respond to these things. Um, we need to actually be doing stuff. We need to we need to be more not 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 as much in a um, federal or state sort of sense because. Personally, I don't think we we've gotten anywhere in the last ten years uh, in federal or state politics at all. But I think, personally, I think if we work at the councils and in the community centres to bring about changes, small changes from from the down up, I think we're going to do a lot better. That is my personal opinion, and again, I'm just talking. I haven't done uh, much about that myself that, that's a reality but that's something we need it we all need to work on because like compared to america in most states they, they've got a lot more people power in terms of they can challenge something in the courts and they could get it overturned but then someone else could challenge it then they can turn it back the other way um obviously it still takes time roe v wade took 50 years or, or longer i think it was 50 years but here if you challenge something in the courts, you're gonna you're gonna be out of pocket. You're gonna be demeaned, and and you're you're not gonna win. But that because that's the reality of 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 the state of our democracy. Um, is it democracy? I don't know if it's a democracy. It's a uh, not a republic. It's a um, monarchy. The state of our monarchy. We gotta again. This is the purpose. It's not to look. You know, at how bad things are, but to have how uh, see how good God is. When, when we see how bad things are, we we realize there has to be a God in heaven who will provide justice. Because otherwise, there is no purpose to life. There is absolutely no purpose if we are not given a purpose by something that is outside of ourselves. Purpose is not something that that can be found within. You bring out. Like a diamond that's inside a rock that you get rid of all the rock and you bring out a diamond. We need a heart transformation of people. And that's what it comes down to. So yeah, that's the ACT. Again, another story of the ACT. Uh, removing criminal responsibility up to the age of 14. hope you liked it everyone uh please let me know in in the comments so on rumble you can comment you can like you can you can follow on spotify you can follow 
you can leave a message, um, uh, like, a, you can leave a voice message on the, on the RRS feed link, I reckon, somewhere, I don't know where, there's somewhere where you can leave a voice message, uh, on the, on the bottom of the Spotify episode, it'll say, uh, hey, you can, uh, you can leave a comment, leave a comment there, for the one or two people that listen to, um, Spotify, Apple Podcast, you can do the same on Apple Podcast, you can leave a rating on Apple Podcast, uh, on WhatsApp, I have created a, uh, WhatsApp, not a group, it's, I think they call it a channel, it's something new that WhatsApp put out, I've created one of those, and I'm going to be sending that out, uh, I'm going to put that in the link, all, all these links, they're going to be in the description, timestamps in the description, uh, links to news stories in the description, uh, so yeah, please, again, like, what, not, no, I'm not worried about likes, actually, Follow, please follow and please share because people, again, I'm going to say it, they don't know what's going on, um, because they don't, they don't want to know what's going on, but they need to know. So make them know, send it to them, spam them with news. Well, not just any news, but news with, with that shows the Christian perspective, because we're not seeing as much. Like I can, I, I might do an episode where where I uh, say hey, you could listen to these people, but. Um, yeah, there's not enough Christian perspective in Australia. In Australia, there's... I mean, how many podcasts can I think of? I can think of two off the top of my head that are... Uh, from a Christian perspective. Oh, well, maybe three. Alright, three. I've got three. Uh, yeah. And I'm number four. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure there's more out there, but everything is small. So I'm just creating another contribution to, to fighting against against this evil dark age and and against ignorance because that that's where we we've because people when people don't know what's going on we get to ignorance and ignorance is where we get to today because of ignorance people they don't know what's going on they vote in bad people they vote and those people they vote in bad bills and that's why we're here today ignorance that's why the church is in shambles the church is in absolute shambles the church doesn't make any difference in the actually it does but the church is, uh, is its scope has been limited because of uh, the ignorance of the people in it. They don't understand why they believe what they believe, and they they they're stuck um, following these these uh, charismatic leaders. Uh, that when when the leader falls, they fall down. It's like a domino chain. You, you lose one, you lose a thousand uh, because they they weren't founded on the rock. And I, and I want people to be found on the rock. So please share and follow. And uh, we'll see you again on the Australian Conservative.